Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweet, send them hot. At Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. What a glorious Saturday it is, my friends. In just about 40 minutes, we welcome in Jerry Brewer of the Washington Post. We have five burning questions we're supposed to. Coming up at 12.20 p.m. Eastern. 1.20 p.m. Eastern. At 10.20 Pacific, it's Ryan Hickey's NFL Scouting Carmbine. Before we do anything, i got to welcome in our fabulous producer, Billy Jack. Billy, good morning. Or I should say good afternoon. Yeah, it's good afternoon over here, Ken. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I've seen better days. I wanted to bring you in for one reason, buddy. And you know what that is. I know, Ken. You've done a fantastic job. You are a friend of mine. A friend of ours. Hickey likes you, too. And you are a Nets fan. Hickey likes and even me. though... go Well, I'm just saying, even though part of the country, obviously, it's like, whatever about the Nets. You're a good person. I want you to be able to get that off your chest. Uh, so you want me to vent about Kenny Atkinson? The floor is yours. I, I think Hickey likes me, but I don't think he likes me a whole lot. What the hell with Hickey? We're talking about you. <laughs> uh, um, to be honest with you, Ken, I'm still in shock by this whole thing. I, I didn't expect this to happen now. I actually, to be honest with you, didn't expect this to happen at all. So to the, the fact that he didn't even get a chance to coach Kyrie and KD, I mean, it's, it's still shocking to me. Um, and my biggest question now is he is here, like, who do you – who do you want? Who do you want to be the coach? Who is behind the firing? I'd probably say KD. It's KD? Yeah. Not even Kyrie? I mean, yeah, you could throw him in too, but I think it was a Kevin Durant-based decision. Why was it a Kevin Durant-based decision? Why? Well, because, I mean, it's it's his team. He's the star. He's the guy. And I think that in order to, or I think what they want is, to, in order to win a championship, they want their guy. And that's it. You're not a, you're not upset at all. You you seem to be too too taken by this to even have any more. I thought I was going to hear fire and anger and everything that Billy Jack is known for in some respects and there I got nothing. Well, no. See the the problem is that the what the reason why I don't feel like that is because we know the NBA is a player-driven league and I'm kind of on the player's side here. It's not that I don't like Kenny Atkinson. I like him. I think he's a good wow. coach. 
What was that, Ken? I said, wow, continue. Yeah, so I like Kenny Atkinson. I think he's a good coach. I think he did a great job in his tenure here. But at the same time, if this team wants to win a championship and they feel like he's not a championship-winning head coach, then you got to make the move. I mean, But uh, that's the whole point of it. Like, Kevin Durant hasn't played for him yet, and Kyrie really hasn't. I, I don't know what Kyrie's done. But he hasn't played for him yet. You don't know. That, that's the whole argument about why you wouldn't fire Kenny Atkinson. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's like, well, the, the players, well, they don't know. If you're saying it's Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant hasn't played with the guy. How could Kevin Durant and Kenny Atkinson get into it if he hasn't really played for the guy? Like, he's taken some shots and, and shoot-arounds and things like that during practice, but that's it. Like, what, what else could there be? What else? Well, it's not, it's not only that, too. It's just, it's just the mere fact that he never got a shot to coach Kyrie and KD because, personally, I think that he's, he's a more than capable head coach to be given a shot to coach those two players. But you see, that's my, that's my entire conversation. That's my entire question. It's like he didn't get the shot to coach those players, but you mentioned one of those players that might want him gone. So you, you understand where that contradicts itself? Oh, That's ve- all? Oh, ve- very much so, Ken. I, I and, very- and NBA players are contradictory people. We find this out all the time. I'm not attacking you. I don't really think I'm attacking anything. I, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of, of what this is, and ultimately it doesn't matter. They'll put somebody else in there, and if KD, li- KD and Kyrie like him, then, then that guy will have a chance, and if they don't, then they'll fire his ass and move on to another guy. Well, the bottom line is this: is that it's kind of like you just said, it's a double-edged sword. Because at one po- at one point, you don't, you know, you he never got the opportunity to coach these two guys. And on the other uh, the other end of the spectrum, uh, you know, they they feel like he's not a championship-winning head coach. So you've got the double-edged sword here. All right, I Billy, I I hope that I hear something angrier out of you in the future. But I hope you're not in that spot because I hope you're happy. Well, am I happy? No, I'm not happy because. Well, not now. I mean, in the future, I hope you're happy. I oh, hope you find happiness. I, thank you, Ken. I hope. I, I also. I, I also I before happiness. you, before you got here, I I want to set you up with uh with um Hickey's sister who's 22 years old. Okay. Is that right? Yeah, he's got a sister who's 22. 22. Wow. Let's make it happen, Hickey. Okay, let's go. Billy needs a a, a lot right now. It seems like I'm not sure if. Of course, you talking about this gambling addiction doesn't make it very good there oh, on, your, on your end. What? I didn't go to, I haven't been to the casino recently. You weren't a degenerate so far this weekend. Well done. No. What, what do you got planned tonight, Billy? I don't know about tonight, but I, I, uh, I went out last night. I got a little banged up. Ah, I got a little banged up. Well, maybe get banged up again tonight. What are you going to do? Well, I got I to gotta play that by ear, Ken. You going to Lace or whatever it's called? <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. You going? I see John Fast in the other room giving me a look like, you're going again? Yeah, he is. Your usual table, Mr. Jackalone? I got a, I got a spot. Yeah, you got a, you really have a spot at this place. Me and my friend, we got, we got, well, all right, oh so what happens God. is. You don't want to be a regular at a strip club, uh, Billy. That, that ship has sailed. Oh, my God in heaven. You so, always find ways. You always find a new way. I wanted to get the Spike Lee, and here we go. Go ahead. Let's I hear always, it. I gotta hear it. Yeah, dude. It's 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 a bad scene. Yeah, dude. It's a bad scene. Says so, Billy Jack. So what happens is is like me and my friend get there, and oh, so greasy. I take I take it like we really don't have a spot, so to oh, say. But God. but. He always goes, my friend always goes to me. He's like, all right, so where do you want to post up at? So we got to find the spot when we get in. And then once we're there, we're there, man. Like, it's over. 
Whoo, it's over. <laughs> how much do you how much do you spend on a night here at Fabulous Late? Where is it at again? In uh Nyack, New York. In in Nyack, New York. Unpaid testimonial, folks. How how much do you usually drop in a night? No, I, I, I try to take it easy, man. Like I I mean you could in, Yeah, in you always want to find a good bargain at a strip club, you know. What was that? Nothing. Continue. No, I mean I I just I just try to, you know, <laughs> Manage my money, so to speak. There it is. Yeah. A lot to unpack there. Lot, there's a lot to unpack there. But then at the other end of the spectrum, I'll go to the casino and I'll blow all my money. Well, you got it there, America. America's most eligible bachelor, Billy Jack. I suck. Do the strippers know your name? Oh, he doesn't want to answer that. He knows. He knows what the answer is. Come on, Billy. Some of them do, yeah. How many are paying their way through law school right now? I have no idea. See, you got to get to know them too, Billy. No, you don't. Yes, you do. That's why you're still single. You have to have some empathy, son. Judas Priest. So what are you saying here, Ken? I'm saying if you're going to spend so much time there, you might as well get to know them, for crying out loud. You know, if I'm going to spend time with people, Hickey and I know each other. If I'm going to spend so much time with them, we're going to get to know each other. I try to get to know you, Billy. You're going to spend all your time, whether you were spending your time in a church or whether you're spending your time in a bordello or a strip club like you do, you'd at least try to get to know some people. Know them a little better. Except treating people like objects. That's fair. No, no, I never said objects. Lord almighty. But you know the rule, Ken. Hickey, you know what I said about your sister? Take it back. I'll never, ever, 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 ever say it again. It is all the way back, friendo. I got a theory for you guys. I got a theory for everybody. And we got five burning questions coming up, but you know I'm going to go too long into this, and we're not going to get the five burning questions to like one. I think Spike did it on purpose. Hear me out. Hear me out on this. Just for a, just for a moment, okay? This hopefully won't take too very long. You hate the Knicks. I hate the Knicks. Everybody hates the Knicks. Charles Oakley hates the Knicks. Spike Lee hate watches the Knicks. Everybody says, and you hate the Knicks. You don't hate the Knicks. You just hate the current Knicks. Hear me out. The New York Knicks said that they have told Spike Lee about the entrance two two times, twice, two times before this, this recent incident. Is there any chance you could think where the organization that drafts guys and they become immediate flops they get guys who are good, and they trade those guys away like Tingus Pingus. Uh, they have coaches who are, are well-liked by the players but hated by the management, and they fire those guys. The Fisdale and the Jackson and the whole thing. So you're disappointed in the Knicks. Keep listening. You're disappointed in the Knicks. Spike Lee is the ultimate Knicks fan. Spike Lee has been spending money on Knicks basketball for 28 years. Good money. Good seats. Upwards of millions of dollars. We just talked to Olden Polonese about it. And I want to make an argument. Yeah, yeah some, to a lot of organizations, if you're a 28-year season ticket holder to them and you've been spending that much money on season tickets, I'm sorry, you get perks. There, there, there is a certain set of rules for everybody else, but you get benefits, you get perks that other people don't. I know a family in Cleveland that has spent season tickets or spent money on season tickets for 30 years. since like, Or over 30 years, well, 40 years now. Since the old Richfield days. 
They park in certain places. They get to go to certain places because they've been a season ticket holder for really, really, really good seats for a very long period of time. They've spent a lot of money on Cavalier basketball. Spike Lee has spent a lot of money on Knicks basketball. There should be certain things that you get. That's why you become a season ticket holder. You want to say that you're a bigger fan and you would like the velvet rope to part for you. It's only fair. You pay for more, you get more. That's the way it's supposed to be. Spike Lee's an Uber fan. I don't think Spike Lee's had anything good to say about the Knicks as a basketball team for some time. The Charles Oakley thing, Spike Lee remembers when Oak played, remembers the glory days, or so-called glory days, remembers the glory days of the 90s, wants to go back to that. Is it out of the question that Spike Lee is a big fan knowing that he wants to get players and they can't get the right players, they can't get the right people, the ownership's a mess, the guy throws people out of the, out of the arena for saying sell the team, he gets into it with high school kids as he's walking through the arena. I mean, this is a total and utter clown show in a lot of ways, and the team is born on third base. They should be one of the finest organizations in professional sports. They really should be. And they're not, and it all starts and finishes with the ownership. Is it out of the realm of possibility for everything I just said? Spike Lee thought, this is my chance. I'm going to keep going through that entrance. I know that James Dolan will make a big deal about it, and he can say whatever he wants to to me that day. When that happens, I'm going to go right down to my buddy Stephen A. Smith's studio. I'm going to go on national television right down the street. I'm going to talk about it on national television. Charles Oakley's going to start to com- start to complain, and eventually at some point, maybe, just maybe, even though you more than likely won't, There's a really strong chance you won't have it done. Maybe, just maybe, since I'm sure he's had some conversation at some point with Adam Silver just about basketball and a meet and greet or whatever it is, Spike Lee, that maybe Adam will start to think. Maybe we can continue, even if we can't get Adam Silver to push this because the door has been opened before, but Donald Sterling was a part of stuff that was even way worse than than James Dolan. I don't even want to put that in that conversation. But there's a hope for those fans. Or maybe, maybe, maybe we can put enough on James to finally make him want to sell this basketball team. Spike Lee is the biggest Knicks fan, at least the the most visible big Knicks fan. I'm sure there's huge Knicks fans out there. Let's be serious. But he's the biggest Knicks fan that I can think of. Is it out of the realm of possibility if you felt your team was being run into the ground by its ownership. And I'm sure there's plenty of fans out there who do. And you had the type of power that Spike Lee did. To save your franchise, to save the team you love. Would you not consider the same thing? Five burning questions. Up next on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Five burning questions in a moment. Travis B. on Twitter says, Managing money in the club means sitting next to the guy spending cash. Broke guy 101. Billy is a mark, and he's being used by his friend. Hickey, away you go. On that note, wow, we'll stick with Billy G, though, because there was some shocking news in the NBA world this morning. <laughs> as the Brooklyn Nets announced that they and head coach Kenny Atkinson have mutually agreed to part ways. 
The Nets, in their statement, decided that after discussing the progress of this season, it was best for the team to move in a different direction. And there are also reports coming out that this move was player-driven and that owner Joe Sy ultimately pulled the trigger on letting Atkinson go. Mm. Now, the Nets currently sit in seventh place in the East, despite mm. not having Kevin Durant at all this season and mm. Kyrie Irving playing in just 20 games. So do you have a problem with players having the power to get rid of a coach? I mean, you want to be able to listen to your players, right? But there's also going to be, I think that some of it can be running amok, but I think a player, a coach is always going to be in a really powerless position regardless unless he's a certain guy, and he has to be able to attain some success before he gets to that level. I mean, that's a tough question to answer because in the NBA, it is a player-driven league, and there are guys that NBA players, you are beholden to their talent. And if they're not going to play for you, they're just not going to play for you. So I guess I could have a problem with it, but I really think that I'm just going to have to accept it. I think there are coaches who have been railroaded by their general managers and their owners, and they've been really well-liked by their players. Everything I can gather, David Fisdale was loved in Memphis and loved in New York by his players. But obviously he wasn't liked by ownership and general managers in both of those spots. So I guess I'm just going to have to get used to it because I think a head coach... I think a manager in baseball, in football, baseball, basketball, hockey, I think they're in a really tough spot because the players, if they feel they hear anything that you're gone, they'll quit on you. The general manager, if they don't feel you're doing the right thing for for the now and for the future, they'll get rid of you. I mean, coaches have become, in professional sports, coaches have become the ultimate scapegoat. It's the same argument I make in college football. I know that you have to do a lot of recruiting, and you're on the road constantly except for like one month out of the year. I know it's a grind. But you are in charge of what happens. You do get as long, and there's a board of regents, there's a president, there's an athletic director. But if you have any modicum of success, you really get what you want. In all these other places in pro sports, boy, that's that's really hard to get. Next. So Patrick Mahomes joined Maverick Carter on HBO's The Shop this week and Ooh. revealed that he learned how to read defenses just halfway through the 2018 season. Mahomes said that while he knew coverages, he wasn't able to pick up tendencies and other tales that players like Tom Brady can recognize and exploit. Now, with this realization, Mahomes went on to say how one aspect of his game is just starting to scratch the surface. This year, I could, I could actually recognize more and more stuff. And I think the more experience and the more I learn, then I'll be able to go out there and call plays and do that different stuff because I've seen it. And I still think there's, there's a long way for me to go there. And that's where mentally I think I can get better. Physically, I feel like I've... I've done a lot of stuff. I always work on the fundamentals and doing that stuff, but I think mentally I can still take my game to a whole nother level. That clip courtesy of HBO. So now with Mahomes saying that his mental game can still improve drastically, what kind of ceiling would you put on the Chiefs superstar quarterback? I think he could be the best to ever play the game by the time it's all said and done. How you like that, Hickey? Love that. He could, There's he, could be, he could be the best to ever do it by the time it's all said and done. This is year three for him technically, but really only year two. I think what he said is the truth. There's so many things that has to work out. That's why I love what Kansas City's done. Kansas City, they brought him in. You already had a good quarterback ahead of him. You let him learn. Andy Reid knows quarterbacks. Someday Andy Reid will have to step away from being a head coach. That is a football team that as long as he's healthy, which you say that about every quarterback, they can go back to the Super Bowl multiple times. He can carry it over. He can deal with them changing out a roster because they'll have to the same way Russell Wilson has had to up in Seattle, the way Tom Brady has had to, the way Ben Roethlisberger has had to, Drew Brees. You know, the, like those are special names. That's that's an elite quarterback. When you're there for the long term and you've seen three roster changeovers and you've been able to keep a coach employed and your organization's head above water, that's the difference in you. 
And he's one of those guys with his physical skill, with the type of arm that he has, his mental skills. He has everything that it takes where someday, hopefully, I'll be an older man and I'll still be arguing with you guys with sports, God willing. I'd only be blessed to be able to do that. And we're actually having a conversation someday going, Brady or Mahomes, 855-2124-CBS. I think he's got everything that it takes to possibly be someday way down the line. The best to ever do it. Next. We'll stick with quarterbacks as the Raiders could possibly be adding a new signal caller to their roster in 2020, but it's not who you would think. NFL Network's Mike Garofalo is reporting that Las Vegas is interested in adding free agent quarterback Marcus Mariota to back up Derek Carr, similar to what Mariota experienced last year in Tennessee when the Titans traded for Ryan Tannehill as insurance for the former number two overall pick. Now, it's also important to note that Mike Mayock, the current Raiders GM, had Mariota as his number one quarterback during the draft process all the way back in 2014. So do you like this Raiders plan where they are going to bring in a veteran quarterback to back up Derek Carr as concerns? I actually do. I actually do. I think that Mike Vrabel proved last year that you can't just always give up on quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill isn't, isn't changing the way we look at the position, but Ryan Tannehill had a nice, effective game, did an efficient job, and I mean game overall, not one game of actual football, but his game was nice and effective and nice and, and nice and efficient. And because they had the other players, he was able to use those to his advantage, comport himself professionally, run a decent offense, and they were able to do a lot of good things in Tennessee. Because it works, it doesn't work in one spot doesn't mean it can't work in the other. Now, I don't know how great you are overall. I don't know if this ignites Marcus Mariota and he becomes the great quarterback that some people thought he was going to be, but this can give him a chance to compete for a job or still relax get a little bit more seasoning, then take over the reins when he's ready. This should be able, if they were really going to do this, this pushes Derek Carr. That's a good thing. This pushes them further. This makes them a sharper football team overall. I actually would like something like that. Next. So ESPN this week mic'd up MLB players during spring training games as you heard them having conversations while they're on the field, in the batter's box, and running the bases. Now, the mics caught some cool moments, including Anthony Rizzo calling a shot and ripping a liner, or Freddie Freeman scoring all the way from first on a pop-up when he knew the ball wouldn't be caught because of a swirling wind. So this got a lot of positive attention on social media. So how can MLB recreate these cool viral moments in the regular season? Just do it, but I think they ought to do it on Sunday Night Baseball. I think if you do it every single game, maybe that takes away from the, the, the fun of it or the exclusivity of it, how special it could be. But I think you ought to do it for Sunday Night Baseball. I think ESPN should look at it. They already interviewed dugout, them managers in the dugout. They already interviewed some players in the dugout now. I think it would be a great thing, a nice look in. Put out their personalities. And I say that now that's still restrictive. You know, why not? If you're a Marlins okay, that doesn't count. If you are a Twins fan and you're watching on what, Fox Sports North? I think that's where it is in that region. Maybe I'm wrong. I apologize, guys. All right. Mic up some of those guys. Let's see the way it is. Let's hear you out. Might be fun. There's going to be some blue language here and there, but I think that'd be fun. If you had two guys, say you had a player mic'd up and he was at the bat, you had a pitcher, and then one buzzed the tower and out towards the mound they go, put that out there. Put that out there. Bleep out the words, but put that out there. We love conflict. We love that type of thing. We still, I still remember the video that MLB will do everything it can to take it down for whatever reason. When Terry Collins, when he was the manager of the Mets, went out there and was yelling at everybody and throwing out a ton of blue language that ended up getting bleeped out, it was such a great look into it. 
about giving us our shot and someone's ass being in the jackpot. I think that that brings people closer to the game. I think it's way more fun. I'd love to have guys mic'd up. I was screaming that during the All-Star game last year when Francisco Lindor was mic'd up. Mic them up. Let's hear the players. Let's hear this out. Next. We'll finish with this, kid. Atlanta Hawks CEO Steve Coonan revealed his plan to help increase NBA ratings, and that plan is to start and end the season two months later than it is right now. Coonan was speaking at the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference and explained that by starting the season in mid-December instead of mid-October, the NBA would avoid competing with the NFL and college football for the first two and a half months of the season like they do now. Now, this would push the finals back all the way through August and then follow that by free agency and the draft after the finals. So would you like this new schedule change from the NBA? No, no, no. Football is already in its full swing, and it's hotter than ever when you get in December because now you have teams that are trying to make the postseason. I don't think that Thursday night football or Monday night football in the final month of the regular season is really getting in the way of the NBA. I think they should wait until November to start, early November. We're already going before... We're already going before Halloween because we're stretching out the calendar because we don't want to play back-to-backs. That's understandable. So I know I have to think about the players because we're always going to think about the players there. So there's there's a little bit of a give and take with it. But I really don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. I really don't. The NBA is the NBA. And you have a time where you start to heat up. I don't think you should be going out of your way in that sport anyway because it's at the beginning to avoid football. At the end of your season, June is a nice time for the finals. You have that little finals in June. You get the free agency in July. You have your natural dip in July where you're in the, the, the dog days of baseball. You're starting to look forward to camp. Maybe you got some Canadian football if you're really that into sports. But you have that nice little relaxing, okay, it's summer. Let's take in the Royals. Let's take in the Angels. Let's watch a little bit of baseball and come up with some creative stuff to talk about between you and me. And then you move on with your calendar year once football comes around. There are certain sports I think that should change because of football. I think that NASCAR, I've said it a million times, I think that they should start, if they're going to have a Sunday race during football season, you should start at high noon no matter where you're at. I don't care. If you're on the West Coast, start that thing at 9 a.m. I don't give a damn. Those, those fans will come. They'll see it. You should start at noon Eastern so you can get some people to watch before kickoff at 1. Or this Pocono thing, they ought to see if they can do it for other races, condense it by a month, Get out of there before football season in the NFL actually starts. You're big in the Southeast. They love college football. They love their Georgia Bulldogs. They love their Crimson Tide. They don't know. I don't know if they love Alex Bowman as much as they love them. I would change that up. NASCAR is my example for that. But the NBA, the NBA is fine. Really, I think that we focus too much on some of this stuff. I'm okay with it starting in early November, or I should say late October now. Is that it? That's five of them. Well, what were the other two? What were the other two? What were the other two? You John said you Jack. had seven. Oh, oh. I had a question about the NBA, who, which team is most equipped to win a title, and Deion Waiters, if he can contribute to the Lakers at all. Uh, the f- multiple suspensions. Answering the second question, probably very little. Answering the first question, I still say it's the Bucks. That is five burning questions with a bonus, too. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, Jerry Brewer joins us. Washington Post wrote a great piece about the NBA and LeBron. We'll see if he agrees with me about what I said about the Bucks. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855 That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's sponsored by GEICO. Whether you own or rent, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance together. Having a home, it's hard work, so get a quote at GEICO.com. It's easy. 1.40 p.m. Eastern. The players are telling you, 
They know this is not a career. Also, I I think I might end up asking Jerry Brewer about this. Because I, I think I thought it was a pretty hell of a theory. Some people actually agreed. But let's bring in Jerry Brewer. He wrote a great piece about LeBron uh, in the Washington Post. You can find Jerry Brewer on Twitter, at Jerry Brewer. One of the finest writers out there. I, I actually talked to him. I believe when... Jerry, you covered the Seattle Seahawks before, correct? Yes, definitely. Um, that's when I talked to you. As a matter of fact, I'm still based in Seattle. I knew that's when I talked. That's okay. I wanted to make sure about that. Jerry Brewer joining us on the show. I want to go. Because it's been a couple of years ago. Is that the same Jerry Brewer? Okay, it was the same Jerry Brewer. Uh, you, wrote a, you wrote a good article. You wrote this, this, this very nice piece about LeBron James. And, and I, I fight this myself, Jerry. I'm, I'm a year younger than LeBron. And I know I should be trying to go on to the next big thing. And I know a lot of people are trying to push forward. And Zion's the next LeBron. Giannis is the next LeBron. I got to admit, there's some of this that I really enjoy because it's like, okay, as long as LeBron's at the top, I don't have to admit that I'm starting to get old at any time. <laughs> uh, Does that make there sense? is no next LeBron, um, just like there was no next Jordan. And hopefully in this era, we'll be less obsessed with um, finding the next and comparing them and more obsessed with just how unique the different prototypes of great basketball players we have. Well, that really made me think there for a second. I'm just looking at it as a fan. You kind of broke that down in a different way there, Jerry. Um, Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It used to be it was either a big man, you know, and it's a lot easier to compare, say, Kareem and Wilt and Bill Russell and Shaq and Olajuwon. um, You know, you can even go back to Mike if you want to. Um, Or you are a dominant wing, you know, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. George Gervin, you know, the list kind of goes on and on there. Um, and then there was sort of anomaly, an anomaly like uh, Magic Johnson as a six foot nine point guard. Now you've just got a different variety. I mean, what exactly is Giannis? What exactly is LeBron? You know, I mean, Le- you know, these guys can, can play any position throughout the game. They play every position. They, they um, are, are much more, um, I wouldn't call them better basketball players than Magic Johnson, who's my favorite of all time, mm-hmm. but they're uh, a lot more dynamic scorers, and uh, their versatility is up uh, one more notch. Um, so I just think it's a really unique time in basketball. Does it make LeBron more special where when he goes into the NBA, the three-point is not what the three-pointer is anymore, what it is now he does come from a land of giants where there are big lumbering seven foot one Greg Oster tag centers. And now the league has changed so much and he's still at the top. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's remarkable um, to think I'm not sure the game for, for any other great player. I mean, there are only like six or seven who've ever been at LeBron level in the history of the game. I'm not sure anyone has experienced the game change as much as he has uh, over the course of his 17 seasons. And um, that that's pretty amazing that, um, you know, when it was a more bully ball, I mean, obviously the guy came into the league at 6'8", 240, so you're not able to bully him. He's one of the strongest, most physically imposing players in the league. And as we've gone into this pace and space, small ball-ish era, um, he's even more dominant just because uh, he truly can play every position now. So he's he's an all-timer, and uh, his claim to fame and and his signature on basketball 
is much different than Jordan's signature on basketball. And that's what I kind of want people to understand. Appreciate him for who he is, just as we could appreciate Jordan for who he is. Jerry Brewer, Washington Post, joining us on the show. Now that he's back, let me ask you about Steph. Where does he fit into this conversation in this generation? Well, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, Steph is likely going to go down as the greatest shooter of all time. You know, all these things are highly subjective, so I don't like the superlatives, but I can get down with that because he's going to have all the all the records of three-pointers made. Um, his field goal percentage uh, is going to be in the top five, all of that. Um, he's won three championships, but he's also just 31 years old, and I think there's more for him and more for the Warriors out there. Do they get back to a championship level? I I don't know right now, but I think um, you know Steph just kind of get himself right. Hopefully, he he can go on and stay healthy so he can play for Team USA um, in the Olympics. You know, and that would be his first uh, Olympic experience. And then going to next season, he's got Clay back. Um, Draymond suddenly will be healthier than he's ever been because the boys are back and um, they can try to figure out a proper role for Andrew Wiggins. And and then they're going to have uh, a minimum a top three or four draft pick. And so you pick, you I mean, imagine them if they had Obi Toppin from Dayton um, on their team, you know, uh, playing above the rim or, or maybe a more versatile big like a James Wiseman. Um, or or Anthony Edwards in Georgia, who is just going to be a bona fide uh, bucket getter um, and, and just really nice all around player potentially in the NBA. Um, you put those, you put that lineup out there, and uh, Golden State is going to be good again. So I think you know Steph to me is is going to go down as the greatest shooter of all time, a top fifteen player of all time, uh, but he's still got you know, five, six, seven years of career left. And he's like LeBron and like some of these these other guys, like Kevin Durant when he comes back, you're trying to figure out just how, how high are they, go, are they going to get because if they retire tomorrow, um, they've already cemented their legend. But now they're playing like the legends game. You know, how great among all of the legends are you? Follow him on Twitter, at Jerry Brewer. I saw you wrote another column about the NFL superstars. There's some big names that are saying, hey, don't sign this deal. We can't sign this deal. What are they missing when they're talking about this CBA? Well, I think you have to look at it um, from the standpoint of, of the rank-and-file player, and their their life is going to get significantly better. I mean, when you talk about um, the minimums going up dramatically, uh, when you factor in the fact that uh, – um, you know, people think that these negotiations are millionaires versus billionaires. Um, and in reality, 50 percent of the of the uh, NFL make minimum minimum salaries. Sixty percent, roughly, of the players make one million dollars or less. And uh, when you're talking about bumping their salaries up 25 percent over the course of the deal, um it's it's a game changer for a lot of these guys because most of the guys who come in the league are going to be two three years and out, um, and that's a that's a game changing amount of money in their in a short period of time for them. So you got to factor that in. I think you also got to factor in you are never going to get from forty eight forty seven percent of the revenue to a fifty fifty split. Um, coming up a percentage and a half is significant, 
um, over the lifetime of 10 years. I mean, that's $5 billion according to the owner's projections um, mm-hmm. that players could get if they can produce that level of revenue. Um, I think that uh, right now, you know, let everybody's situation get a little better, let everybody get a little richer, and let's figure out not only what the TV revenue is going to be, but then also let's figure out this gambling thing and how lucrative that potentially could be for the sports world. Um, and in 10 years, you might be in a position where you can have the fight to end all fights, you know, for the future of football. But I think right now it's better to take this progress, um, which is incremental progress, but it's not like just one tick. It's a couple of ticks. Take it um, and and let's move forward. It's not the game changer that you wanted it to be um, when thinking about going to 17 games, but at least you're not going to 18. And um, I think that, you know, for an overwhelming majority of the union, it's a good deal. Thirty seconds, Jerry. Where should Tom Brady go? Tom Brady should. I would love to see him go somewhere else, but he should keep his butt in New England. And Bill Belichick should welcome him back and pay him the thirty, thirty-two million dollars a year that he deserves. Let's finish it out the right way. Do do it like Kobe did it. Do it like Dirk did it. You know, have the fairy tale ending with one franchise. You're glorious. Thank you so much, Jerry. All the best to you and yours. Hope to talk to you again soon, buddy. All right, anytime. Jerry Brewer, Washington Post. Follow him on Twitter, at Jerry Brewer. I want to get into the Tom Brady stuff when we come back, I promise. And the CBA, at 1.40 p.m. Eastern, I'll talk to you about the CBA because I, I think a lot of these players, what Jerry just said, they don't get it. A lot of these guys, you are seeing a separation in billionaire owners, yes, The tippy-top players who are on their second or third contracts, yes, and then there's another group. And that other group, they're telling you. They're telling you. They're screaming it from the mountaintops. They don't care. They don't care about what is being said to them, what is being the directive from the top on down. They're telling you point blank. This is no career, and stop acting like it is. 855-2124-CBS. Ryan Hickey's NFL scouting, Carmbine. 1.20 p.m. Eastern. Up next, the very best place for New England, or the very best place for Tom Brady, other than New England and other than retirement. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.